0: Welcome to the Jeff Caven Show, where we talk about the Bible, discipleship, and evangelization, putting it all together and living as activated disciples. This is Show 347, Content for Family Formation, Part 3, Raising Disciples. Welcome to the show again, well, I'm glad to, uh, to be with you this week. Last week, we took uh, a little detour from our series on important content for family formation and just wanted to give you some of my thoughts on what's going on in Israel, in Gaza, and what uh, Israel is doing with the problem with Hamas, and uh, gave you five thoughts on that. Appreciate your positive feedback on that. And um, still today, so much going on in the world. We're going to continue on in our series. And today I'm going to be talking about raising disciples. Last session on this series, I was talking about salvation history and the importance of children knowing the story of salvation history. Uh, and, and that is so important. How many families I run into, and the kids absolutely do not know anything about God's overarching story and his plan. And yet, We want the children to be excited about the particulars in that story when they don't know the story. doesn't make sense, does it? Not at all. And so I I do hope that you can address that in your family and make sure that your kids understand salvation history. Show notes for that, by the way, uh, that was show 345. In the show notes, I've, I've given you some information on what you can do about that and some of the materials at Ascension that you can get. Today, we're going to look at raising disciples. And if you do want the outline for the show today, which I'm giving a pretty thorough outline on raising disciples uh, for the family, uh, you can get that by simply texting my name, Jeff Cavins, That's one word, Jeff Cavins, and text it to the number 33777, 33777. Back out deep in the woods today. It is beautiful. The lake is not even moving. It's like glass. And uh, earlier this morning, I was telling uh, Emily, look at that smooth, glassy look to that lake. And she took a picture and uh, she was showing it to me, but she showed it to me upside down. And I thought it looked like the regular picture because the the reflection on the other side of the shore on the lake was perfect. And we couldn't figure out which way the picture went. That's how perfect it was. But anyway, it's beautiful out here uh, today. And I love this time of the year when... I don't know, you take a walk in the woods and you can you can smell the deterioration of the of the leaves. There's something about that smell that always brings me back to uh junior high cross-country meets for some reason. I guess we ran through the woods then, but I do love it. I love this time of the year. It's everything's beginning to change. And it's kind of like the cycle in a family, really. You know, a family goes through cycles too, where there is the new uh, there's that new springtime, you know, and everything's new, and families young, and and then you go through the summer months, and then the fall, and then the winter, and you go through all those seasons. Well, today we're going to talk about raising disciples, and uh, I have a number of things that are important to remember when you are raising disciples. First of all, what do I mean by that? Well. Uh, When I say that it's really important for family formation, for the parents to to raise children as disciples and to live as parents like a disciple, it goes way, way, way beyond simply going to church on Sunday and signing your kids up for sacraments prep class or CCD. Way beyond that. It goes way beyond sending your kids to a Catholic school. Raising your children as disciples starts with you living as disciples as a disciple. And a disciple is far, far more than just some Catholic in America who believes basically that the church is the church and they have been going and their parents have been going and their grandparents have been going and their great-great-grandparents came over on a boat from Ireland. It's way more than that. To live as a disciple is to commit yourself to following Jesus, walking with him, and and, and, and beginning to think like him and act like him. And the only way that you can do that is to be in a close relationship with the Lord. So somehow, some way, parents, you have, to, you have to communicate to your children, not necessarily with words, although they will come up from time to time, but you have to communicate with your children that you yourself are living as a disciple. And so it's very, very important, so important to give a sense of movement In your life, a sense of movement in the family—you're not stagnant. Uh, You don't just sit there with the tag saying "I'm Catholic" and then on church on Sunday morning go to church and then go back to your other life. That isn't being a disciple. That's, I guess, you could say, religion, right? But it's not being a disciple. The family is going somewhere. You are heading that family, and there's a sense of movement in your lives. You're growing. You're, you're discovering. You are doing things the Lord told you to do. There's adventure. Uh, there is uh, hurdles to overcome. There are times where the family comes together. How are we going to deal with this? There's movement in the family. It's not just a Sunday thing. You live your faith both inward and outward, one of the problems that we experience in Catholic families is that the kids don't know what that faith looks like outward. Mom and dad say, well, yes, I believe, and it's a personal thing. <laughs> I don't discuss that with anyone. Well, what are your kids supposed to do then? Who are they going to learn from? It's inward and outward. There's two things to start off with when we talk about the life of a, of a disciple is, number one, there is the calling on your life. And that's something important to, to discover. You know, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, and I'll put it in the show notes, it says, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, listen to this, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Now, when Jesus said, follow me, that was not something that he just made up. That was a formulaic statement that all of the rabbis in the first century used to invite young men to become disciples. The average number of disciples a rabbi had was five. And Jesus had 12. Hillel had 70. So a rabbi, if he was going to invite you, would say, Lech acharai in Hebrew. Lech acharai. Come follow me. Come after me. And that's the, that's the formal invitation for you to leave everything, come follow that rabbi, and you begin then to learn from that rabbi. You learn to think like him. You learn to live like him in every single way. And that's what Jesus said to the 12. He said, lech acharai, come follow me. And he said that to Matthew. He said that to Peter and Andrew and, and the rest. That's what he said. Even Judas, come follow me. Come follow me. And then in Matthew chapter 11, a little bit later on, uh, Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. So the second thing that a rabbi would say to a young man, the first is, come follow me. The second is, take my yoke upon yourself. Take my yoke. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So to take the yoke of a rabbi means to take on their complete 100%, the whole enchilada, worldview, everything. That's what you're taking on. You're not looking at a at the Lord's teaching like a menu and saying, well, I think I'll have some of that social justice, but that part about dying to your, nah, I don't want any of that. Um, the part about, uh, the inheritance, I like that inheritance stuff. Um, uh, what do you mean? Pray for those who hate me, love my, I don't want that stuff. You, it's not a pick and choose thing. It's all of it. It's all of it. And parents have to get that across to their children that they themselves have taken on the yoke of Jesus and are following him. That means that your kids will learn from time to time what you're doing, why you're doing it. Is this what Jesus has called you to? So to be a disciple is to be someone who, who really is completely committed to becoming like the master, Jesus. And we want to think like he thinks and live like he lives. So we live as though our life is not our own. Parents, this is really important. If you want your children to grow up and to be disciples of the Lord, you want them to be Uh, members of the Catholic Church and fruitful, you have to live your life as a disciple and your life is not your own. Paul spells it out so well, I'll put it in the show notes for you. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I love that. I'm, uh, I'm kind of cheating there because that's my life verse. I love that. And I'm not cheating. That's the way it is. Do you have a life verse? I've been, I remember a show a while ago, I was encouraging people to do that. Take a Bible verse that really means a lot to you and memorize it and, and start to live it. That's mine right there, Galatians 2.20. I will, this week, share that with you. You can take it too. So, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ is living in me. I love it. So, what are some of the aspects of discipleship to cultivate in your family? Uh, We can go through these. I'll 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 do a couple of them here before our first break. Number one, if you're going to cultivate an idea of discipleship in your children, number one, there needs to be prayer in your family. You need to pray, and you need to teach them how to pray. You know, kids don't know how to pray. They don't. Take the disciples for example. These are grown men, uh, professionals. Fisherman, so forth, lawyer. And they watched Jesus pray from a distance, sometimes probably close up. But they came to him one time and they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And so they had to be taught. Think of that. The original disciples had to be taught how to pray. How much more? Your own children. And so the best way to teach your children to pray as disciples is to pray with them, W-I-T-H, pray with them. And there's a number of ways that you can do that. I'll put these in the, in the show notes for you. There are certainly the prayers of the church. We have the Lord's Prayer, Hail Mary. Um, we have Prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. There's all kinds of fixed prayers. And they, they are there and they are popular because they're good. And if you make a regular habit out of adopting some of these really good prayers, get them on a card, on a holy card. Put it in the back of your Bible or your if you have a prayer book. Uh, let your children see you pull them out. Let your children over the years see how that card is aging. It's with you. It's in the movement. Your family's moving. I'll never forget when Bishop Paul Dudley... Took me to his home in Northfield, Minnesota, the place that Jesse James' gang was finally caught. Uh, I remember uh, he took us on a tour of his property and he had a small leather book, booklet held together with a rubber band, an old rubber band, and inside of it were prayer cards that his mother had. That's movement. That's movement every day for her. And he has them now. And so these great prayers of the church are fantastic, but I think it's also important to teach our children to pray from the heart. Pray from the heart. That one's a harder one to do, and a lot of times when Catholics uh, leave their church, they leave the Catholic church and they go into a non-denominational or a charismatic church like Assembly of God, they're going to run into a lot of people who pray extemporaneously. They pray on the spot, from the heart. If you have not been a part of that, That can be scary, especially when you go to one of their meetings and they look at you and say, brother, would you lead us in prayer? And you're like, oh my gosh, okay. Hail Mary full of, you know, we got to learn to pray from the heart. And the kids can learn that from you, mom, you dad, as even if it's simple, you know, just saying, honey, let me pray for you as you go to school today. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Lord, watch over my son. Watch over my daughter. I pray you'll protect them give them opportunities to see your faithfulness in their life today in Jesus name amen something like that you can start with and then you can you can morph into those 5 10 minute prayers you know that are, are non-denominational friends pray so the, so prayers of the church are important prayers from the heart are important and by the way the the psalms are considered by the church fathers as the school of prayer That as you read the Psalms, you have to realize they are prayers and they teach you how to pray at the same time. By the way, I do have a great adventure study on the Psalms I did with Tim Gray. That's available if you uh, want that. I'll put that in the show notes for you. Now, there's another beautiful way to pray. Uh, Certainly, the Mass is a prayer. And John Paul II said it was his favorite prayer. And then right after that was Lexio Divina. And Lexio Divina, and I'll put this in the notes... Is four steps to pray the scriptures. And the first one is reading. It's called lexio. You simply read for, you know, the couple of verses, two or three, four or five verses, and you pick out what really speaks to you. Then you move on to meditatio. The first one's lexio, reading. The second's meditatio. That's meditation. You enter the story with your mind. You begin to walk around and you see it. You see yourself with Jesus in that text. Then you move to the third. Step, which is oratio. That's prayer. You're actually there now. You're praying. You're asking Jesus questions about the the verse, the words that really, really stood out to you. And you talk to him about it. And I believe that you can hear the Lord in your heart. And then the fourth one is contemplatio. That's contemplation. That's where you, you just rest in the good things that the Lord gave you uh, during that time of prayer. So prayer is very important to the disciples' life. It really is. Now, last week, I talked about salvation history. So, the second point of the disciples' life, I talked about quite a bit. Yes, uh, last week it was. uh, That's Bible reading. And uh, nothing replaces a child seeing their parents reading Scripture and underlining verses that mean something to them. Nothing. I, I... Everybody that I talk to that has been a real student of the Word of God as a Catholic will tell me, well, not everyone, but many of them will tell me that they remember seeing their dad reading the Bible in the morning or their mother reading the Bible at noon. And so that is very important. So we have a number of things at Ascension that are aids to this, certainly Bible in a year. Unlocking the Mystery of the Bible. That's my eight-part series. I'll take you through the entire Bible. The Great Adventure, uh, Journey Through the Bible, the the Bible Timeline Study, the big one, the 24-week one. There's the Bible Timeline Chart itself, which is a visual look at salvation history. And then you got the Great Adventure Bible, which is color-coded, and the Children's Great Adventure Storybook and the Children's Material. It's all in the notes for you. So Bible reading is part of the the disciples' life and Bible study. You can study it and you can read it in a a meditative way, uh, like a uh, reflection, but studying it is important too. Okay, so that's prayer and Bible reading. Uh, I have more to share with you, but I'm going to take a break. When I come back, I'm going to talk about three areas that are critical for you to teach your children if they're going to grow up and be disciples of the Lord. You're listening to The Jeff Kaven Show. Did you know that your personal style can aid in understanding your worth? My name is Lillian Fallon, and I am the author of Theology of Style, Expressing the Unique and Unrepeatable You. And in this book, I dive into this very topic where we discuss how personal style is something that can actually help you grow in understanding in your worth and how you're made in the image of God. You can buy my book at ascensionpress.com forward slash Theology of Style. Welcome back. We're talking this week about important content for family formation, and this week is Raising Disciples. Discipleship is very important to teach your children. Before the break, we were looking at prayer and Bible reading. The third area that is really important, and i got to be honest with you, when I was growing up, I knew the word sacraments. I knew that I knew knew what the word sacrament and I mean I knew I I knew it I, I heard it but I didn't know what it what it meant. That's what I'm trying to say is I didn't really know what it meant uh, until I came back to the Catholic Church. The word sacrament uh, is related to taking an oath. The idea of a, of a Roman soldier taking an oath or us taking an oath in a covenant relationship with God and. It is this word sacramentum. And the sacraments are related to the covenant we have with God. But the sacrament, the new covenant sacraments, are ways that we encounter Jesus in some of the biggest events of his ministry, like baptism. And confirmation, the Holy Spirit coming, and the Eucharist, the Last Supper, and all seven of the sacraments are ways of meeting Jesus. And as parents, we we have to look at the sacraments as not being milestones in the life of our child, but there certainly is a milestone in that they have their first communion or the first time they go to confession, uh, or, or when they were baptized, of course. So, there is the initial sacraments. In fact, three of them are called the sacraments of initiation, baptism, confirmation, and Eucharist, but it's not a one-time deal. Uh, I'm afraid for many people, confirmation particularly is looked at as a one-time event, like, yay, you're an adult now, let's move on. But confirmation Is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It is the completion of the baptismal promises. And it is vital to everyday living, to be a disciple of the Lord and to walk in power and courage. Very, very important. So the sacraments of initiation are baptism, confirmation, and the Eucharist. You can remind your kids that in baptism, their sins were forgiven. Original sin is forgiven. Uh, They... Receive at baptism the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity. How many times do your kids come home with problems? And the answer is faith, or the answer is hope, or the answer is charity. Well, they've got that in their soul at baptism. Parents fan into a flame that, that flickering light that they received at baptism. You fan into a flame what's happening in their life. So you have the sacraments of initiation. Then you have the sacraments of healing. And uh, along the way, you know, as well as I do, we we have problems called sin. And uh, sin either weakens your relationship with God or breaks it. Well, thanks be to the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave us all seven sacraments. And I'm so grateful that he gave us The sacrament of reconciliation, penance, the sacrament of confession. Oh, what a feeling that is to walk out of the confessional, isn't it? Yeah. We don't feel so good because you just had a conversation with someone. You feel so good because something happened. You are forgiven. You're released. And, man, the kids these days, you know, well, you know what they're into. That's bondage. Sin will bring you into bondage, and they need freedom. And so you can assist them in this, in bringing your family to confession on a regular basis. I would suggest once a month. And you're going to get some pushback. You're going to get them saying, I don't have anything to confess. Well, you do now because you just lied. <laughs> okay, But you know, going to the sacrament of reconciliation every month is an important thing. We also have the anointing of the sick. Grandma and grandpa are sick and doesn't look real good they may call on the parish priest to come over and anoint them before surgery anointing of the sick is powerful if you're if you're experiencing that then there's the sacraments of service we have two of them matrimony marriage and holy orders the priesthood the diaconate so that's how we serve we can serve through marriage the holy orders and i would also suggest as adults the generous single life there are single people who are not married they're not in holy orders but they are on a mission from god in service and uh and, and the lord is going to walk with you so that's the third one sacraments the fourth one and i'm just going to go over quickly on this one because in the show notes i have given you the whole thing i mean let's see that's almost a whole page i give you in the show notes on the seven aspects of the charisma. What am I talking about? Well, the the fourth the fourth area of discipleship that parents should be teaching their children is the gospel. You say, what, Jeff? Yeah, the gospel. Do you know how many Catholics cannot answer the question, what is the gospel? Do you know how many parents cannot tell you what it is and if they don't know what it is, their kids aren't going to know what it is and if their kids aren't going to know what it is, then they're going to go out into life not knowing the good news. Now, the good news can be used as as something that you would discuss with other people. The seven points of this good news, it's called the kerygma. You've heard me talk about it before. The kerygma, what does the word kerygma mean, this Greek word? It means the proclamation of the gospel. Now, what I did in the show notes here is I give you quite a description of each one of these points, and I would encourage you to look at the show notes because it's chock full of good stuff here. Okay, So here's, here's the seven points of the charisma of the, the or the good news, the gospel, and every single kid, by the time they leave a Catholic family, should know these seven points really well. When I say really well, I mean acing tests, especially if they go to a Catholic school. So number one, God loves you and has an amazing plan for your life. You've heard me talk about that so many times on the Jeff Cavins show in the past, but I'm giving you here some notes for that. God loves you and has an amazing plan for your life, a plan of sheer goodness. That's the good news. Number two, sin will destroy your relationship with God. Sin has a purpose, and that is to cause mayhem and confusion. And James says its end is death. Even if you stole a pack of gum from the store, built into that DNA of sin is death. Yeah, you say Well, Jeff, he just stole a pack of gum. Yeah, and continue. Continue on. I'll tell you what. The DNA of sin is there. You keep doing this. It will get bigger and bigger. Before you know it, death. That's just the way it is. If you're stealing gum, stop. So the second one is sin will destroy or break the relationship with God. The third is that Jesus Christ died to save you. He died to save you. Is he paid the price for sin in your life. That's number 3, number 4. Now he wants you to repent or radically reorient your life to to him. That's what the first step is after you hear the good news of Jesus Christ dying for you. The first step is you repent. You you reorient your life to Jesus and then number 5, you're baptized and you receive the power of the Holy Spirit to live that life. We talked a little bit about baptism with the sacraments, but uh, on both of those, you've got two sacraments here. you got baptism and you have confirmation. You receive the Holy Spirit. Then number six, abide in Christ and His body, the church. You, you're going to live your life now. You're going to live it in the context of the church. The church is the place where the sacraments are. The church is a place of healing. The church is like an ark where we can run into and we can get uh, direction and correction and solace and fellowship and so many different things. And then finally, if you make it to number seven, number seven is for you. What is it? You go and make disciples now. So that's the, that's the end of that. I tell you what, I'm going to put all that in the show notes for you. And I have, oh, I have a lot of shows on the Kerygma. All you got to do is go back into the catalog here. 347 shows so far. I bet I've done at least five of them on the Kerygma over the years and so you can you can do that. Now, number five, the fifth thing that is important when it comes to raising children to be disciples is for them to understand what a covenant relationship is with God. A lot of kids, they don't know this. They think that being Catholic is just kind of agreeing with mom and dad. It's a nice religious expression. It probably has some good morals to teach kids. So I'll hang in there till I'm married and I'll, I'll you know give it a whirl and see if my kids get some good morals. No, it's a story. It's a complete story that we're in. And, and part of this is understanding what a covenant relationship is with God. All throughout salvation history, we see covenants. A covenant is when two entities come together they agree on the terms of the covenant. Like in the case of Abraham back in uh, Genesis 15, Abraham got together with God. God made a covenant with Abraham. You've got the terms of the covenant on both sides, what God will do and what we will do. And and then you have the sacrifice. You have the terms of the covenant, then you have the sacrifice. And once you swear an oath that you are entering into this covenant relationship, the penalty for breaking the covenant is death. And here's the deal. Jesus paid the debt for us. He paid the debt for us, and now he invites us to enter into a new covenant with Him. He will do what He said He would do, and we are committed to do what we said we would do. You see, it's important for kids to know the difference between a contract and a covenant. A contract is an exchange of things, possessions, whereas a covenant is an exchange of persons. And when you swear an oath, the result is kinship. It's family. It's familial. And so, when we enter into this covenant relationship with Jesus, we enter into a family relationship. And John Paul II reminds us that the Trinity is, 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 is a family. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's a family. The Father loves the Son. The Son loves the Father. The love between the Father and the Son is the Holy Spirit poured out into our hearts. And we are destined to be a part of the trinity to live in the trinity to be divinized to become to become what god is and this is so much bigger than just going to church on sunday and then getting home in time to watch the vikings lose again but that there's more to it than that there's more to it than just confirmation pictures and baptism pictures It's a covenant relationship. And when your kids are going through tough times in school, listen, they're going to need far more, far more than just some good attaboys, girl They're going to need to know that they can depend upon God because they're in a covenant relationship. And every time they go forward at Mass and they receive the body and blood of Jesus, that is re-upping and renewing the covenant that they have. When the the priest or the extraordinary minister raises the body of Christ, the host to your son or daughter, and says, the body of Christ, when your son or daughter says, amen, they are saying, I believe, and I am in this too. I will keep my end of this covenant relationship. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. When times come and life is tough, your kids need more than a, a text. They need more than an at-a- boy at-a-girl. They need to know that God loves them so much, so much so that He died and He entered into a covenant with us. It's guaranteed it is solid, rock-solid. and everything in their life is moving and shifting. Their life is filled with undependable people, things. Events that go awry, disappointment. But listen, Jesus will never disappoint. Jesus is faithful. He's faithful. I love that. He is faithful. So what we want to share with our kids when it comes to discipleship is we want to teach them to pray. We want to teach them to read the Bible. They need to see you doing both of them. Start this week. I mean it, man. Start this week and, and make sure they see you pray and you pray with them and they you're reading the Bible. Maybe it's Bible in a year. You're sharing it with them or you're studying one of the great adventure studies or you get them for Christmas this year or their birthday. You get them a great adventure Bible. Hey, everyone's doing it. It's a color-coded Bible that young people love. They love that. Then the sacraments. Make sure that they understand the sacraments, and do a little study on that yourself. You know, on on the sacraments. Then learning to share the charisma. I got a boatload of notes on the show notes on that one for you. And uh, let's see. Then the yeah. And then the fifth one is understanding what a covenant relationship is. That we are in covenant relationship with Jesus. You know, they had all these covenants in the Old Testament. You have the covenant with uh, one holy couple with Adam and Eve. One holy family with Noah, it's growing, one holy tribe with Abraham, one holy nation with Moses at the at Mount Sinai, one holy kingdom with David and in the New Testament, one holy apostolic Catholic and Apostolic Church. And we're a part of that. Well, I hope that helps you. on our next show, we're going to talk uh, more about, important content for family formation got some good things lined up for you and i i do hope this helps you and and uh and uh, kind of encourages you you know to to go forward and to be mom and dad and and to teach your children and to be an example let me pray for you in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit lord jesus thank you so much we thank you so much for the relationship we have with you and that You have called us to leave everything and follow you. You've called us to think like you and to to act like you, to take on your yoke. We thank you, Lord, for uh, the ability to pray, to hear your voice, and for us to talk to you. May we teach that to our children. Thank you for giving us the scriptures that are inspired by you. Uh, Lord, help us to to ourselves be engaged in scripture and to bring our children into, into it. I thank you, Lord, for the sacraments. We get to meet you at all these incredible moments in salvation history, your baptism, confirmation, Eucharist, penance, the anointing of the sick, marriage, and of course, the holy orders. All of these you instituted, Lord, because you want to be with us. And I pray that we can walk in such a way as parents that our kids will. We'll get that, and then fourth, Lord, we pray that we pray that uh, that we would really live by the charisma, the proclamation of the gospel, and that 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 would be used. That that seven point charisma would be used for our kids to check their own hearts before they go to confession. And finally, Lord, again, thank you for the covenant that we have with you. You are so faithful, and it's in your mighty name, in the name of Jesus, that we pray. Amen. name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. My friend, I love you. Look forward to talking to you next week. And uh, I just pray that you continue on and, and be that disciple and teach your kids how to do it too. God bless.